Good morning. How's everybody doing? That's good. That's good. Uh, welcome here to our Fish Creek campus. I'm Matt. I'm the campus pastor here. We're beginning a new series this morning uh, called One Anothering. Uh, before we jump into this morning, though, uh, many of you were asking after last week we ran out of the Lion Chaser Manifesto as we concluded our uh, Chase the Lion series and just wanted to let you know that there are uh, more cards available at the Welcome Center if you didn't pick one of those up. Uh, so I encourage you to pick one of those up, uh, read, read it every single day, so put it in your Bible or put it on your fridge or put it somewhere where you're going to see it every day and uh, continue to read that. Uh, I, I believe it's a bit of a theme for, uh, for this year. Uh, this morning, we're going to bridge the gap a little bit from uh, the, the Chase the Lion series into the one anothering, and, and so we're going to start with uh, a sermon that I, I think just stands in the middle really, really well. Uh, the phrase one another occurs 59 times uh, in the New Testament. Uh, some of them are repetitive, so I think on the, on the intro video there you saw, I think there was 36 uh, different one another's, but uh, that phrase itself occurs 59 times. So love one another, spur one another on, uh, forgive one another, confess sins to one another, be kind to one another, accept one another, bear with one another, be at peace with one another, speak truth to one another, uh, and even greet one another with a holy kiss. Uh, and that's the one we're going to focus on this morning, greeting one another with a holy kiss. So if you wouldn't mind standing, uh, we're going to put it into practice. No? No. T- not, even the, not even the high schoolers took advantage of that one. That was a... Uh, uh, we, only, we only have time to focus on four of these throughout the series, even though there's, uh, there's many that we could focus on. So uh, we kind of picked a few that we felt like were pretty relevant uh, for this series. Uh, And this morning, we're going to talk about encouraging one another, uh, which which you'll see in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. So you can turn there if you have your your Bibles or your iPhones. uh, It'll be on the screen as well. But sometimes I like to actually look in my own Bible, uh, because if you're anything like me, when when you mark something or look at something in your Bible, my mind remembers where it was on the page. Uh, so it's easier for me to find it next time. If you don't have a Bible, uh, or you don't have one with you this morning, I invite our ushers forward. Uh, they'd love to give you one for the morning. If you don't own one, you can take that one home. It's our gift to you. So 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. In the past series, in Chase the Lion, we were looking at David and David's mighty men, Uh, that David was a man of courage, Uh, that his mighty men uh, in 2 Samuel 23 were men of courage. Uh, We we looked at a couple of their stories and looked at their courageous acts. And if you go back in that story, before you get to the David's mighty men, uh, when David was a boy, there was this moment uh, where Samuel, the prophet, was going to anoint uh, the next king of Israel. And so Samuel goes to, goes to Jesse, uh, who Jesse has a bunch of sons, and he looks at the sons. And uh, the first one he looks at, his name is, uh, what was his name? Eliab? Did I get that right? Some comment, I think his name is Eliab. Don't have it written down. Uh, so the Lord says, the oldest son, Eliab, he says, but uh, don't judge. So he says this to Samuel. 
who's looking for the next king. He says, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Samuel looks and Eliab is big and tall and handsome, and he looks at him and is like, obviously this is the, the one the Lord wants uh, to be the next king of Israel. But, but God says, don't look at the things that man looks at, but look at the heart. And so uh, Samuel ends up going through each one of the seven sons that were there, and the Lord says no to each one. And he gets to the end of the sons that were there, he's, and, he's, and he says to Jesse, is this all you have? And he says, oh no, we got the youngest son, he's, he's out in the field with the sheep. He says, call them here, uh, call him here. And then David comes, and, and Samuel looks at David, sees David's heart. And you know, if, if you have read the story of David, you know that David is referred to as a man after God's own heart. And, and so God sees that in David's heart. He calls David through Samuel because Samuel wasn't looking at the outward appearance but was looking into the heart. And so we see all along in David's story that he had these type of characters. First with Samuel who called something out of him. And then he finds a friend in Jonathan. And Jonathan, uh, it says that Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. John, Jonathan called out David to be king-like in his character. And then eventually, David was surrounded by these mighty men who encouraged David, and David encouraged them. This is true. This reality of the need for community, people to call the best out of us, is true for every one of us. Uh, in fact, uh, in the 17th century, there was a band of writing brothers called the Inklings. Uh, C.S. Lewis and R.R. Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien, sorry, being two of them. They convened for lunch every Tuesday at a pub called The Eagle and Child, a 17th century pub located at 49th Street, Guile Street, Oxford, England. It was there in a private lounge called The Rabbit Room. Everybody say Rabbit Room the rabbit room that they recited their writings to one another. C.S. Lewis, perhaps the most famous member of the Inklings, once referred to himself as the most reluctant convert to Christianity. It was another member of the group, Tolkien, who convinced Lewis of the credibility of Christ during one of their verbal jousts. Can you imagine just being a fly on the wall in that, in that room? Uh, during one of their verbal jousts, Tolkien countered Lewis's intellectual objections with a death blow to doubt. He said, your inability to understand stems from a failure of imagination on your part. Yeah. So friends, Tolkien goes right to the heart of the issue with Lewis. And by faith, C.S. Lewis imagined his way to the foot of the cross. He then imagined his Christ-like archetype, Aslan, the guardian and savior of a world called Narnia. Lewis's series of seven fantasy novels, The Chronicles of Narnia, has sold more than 100 million copies, landing it not far behind his friend's book uh, on the all-time best-selling book list. The friendships forged in that rabbit room led to a literary revolution unlike anything the world has ever seen. We all have a need for a rabbit room. We all have a need for friends uh, that encourage us, that call the best out of us, that even challenge us. I've got rabbit room type friends. Friends that encourage me. I also got these same friends are not afraid to, uh, to challenge me. How about you? 
Who's in your rabbit room? Do you have friends like that? In Proverbs 27, 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Do you have friends like this in your life that just sharpen you, that make you better? So coming back to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. I want to focus on a couple of words here. First, the word encourage. And as you'll see on the, the screen, the word encourage is, is a compound word. That's, it brings two Greek words together. Uh, we have uh, the word is parakaleo. And, uh, and the first part of that word para means with or from the side of. Kaleo means to call, to identify by name or attribute. And so you put these two words together and you have the sense to call to one side, to urge strongly, to instill someone with courage or cheer. So when you encourage somebody, you're actually putting courage into somebody. You know, when we talk about chasing the line and chasing dreams, uh, it's far easier when you have people around you that are instilling courage into you that are encouraging you, urging you strongly, calling you to their side. And then build up. Oike domeo, which means to build, construct, to help improve, to plant. Uh, you can think of it as in the opposite of, the opposite of it would be to uproot something or to destroy something. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Just as, in fact, you were doing. We just uh, saw a slideshow of uh, the Mexico trip. And on the, I don't know if you noticed on the slideshow, there was that roller coaster clip. Uh, I was a part of the Mexico trip for, for 10 years. And that roller coaster was the first, well, for many years, was the first stop on our Mexico trip. Um, and I did not ride that roller coaster for 10 straight years. 10 straight years. The prim roller coaster. It's like this scary, old-looking, rattly thing. Everybody comes off, is like holding their back, and they say, Matt, you should really go on that thing. I said, there's no way I'm getting on that thing. Year one, year two. I remember like this, just this positive, I call it positive peer pressure, uh, year after year. And, I, and finally, when I knew it was going to be my last Mexico trip for at least a while, um, you know, I just had like people like pushing me and pushing me. Uh, and finally, I said, okay, I'll do it. Uh, and, I, and I went on it, and I conquered my fear of heights and roller coasters. Uh, and that's what happens when you have people that, are, that push you, that encourage you, that are putting courage into you. I would never have done it. Uh, they wore me down over 10 years. <laughs> it's amazing what words from a friend can do for you. It's amazing what happens when you have a rabbit room and you start making decisions and living life in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise. I came across this, uh, this video uh, this week, and so I'm going to invite you to look at the screen uh, for the next few moments.
here to get validated. I'll bring up this one. You. You are awesome. Excuse me? You have an amazing face. You've got powerful features, man. Anyone ever tell you that? Huh. No. And listen. You look a little down. And it may seem like sometimes people don't understand you. But someday, man, someday, people are gonna see you for what you really are. You... you really think so? Absolutely. You are great. Need a validation, please? You... you are great, ma'am. You have amazing cheekbones. Yes. We have a situation. Where? Six months What the hell's going on? You've been through it. You know. You've had so much life experience that other people don't appreciate, but you know. Bless you, dear. They're not patronizing the shops. They're just coming to see him. Oh, sir. Getting great shape. You work out? Not for long. I do, actually. Uh, a bit. Yeah. Thanks. Young man, we are running a business here, not a social club. That is a fantastic suit. It really flatters you. You think so? You guys work so hard. You are the backbone that keeps this place running. It always felt like no one really appreciated us. Yeah, I mean, our jobs are so stressful. It seems like most of the times people just don't see it. No, what you do is so important. You know, I bet the boss would love to meet you. You are great. You provide hundreds of jobs, sustaining hundreds of families. That's huge. That's so good to hear. Most times I feel like people don't recognize that. I'm just the big bad man on the hill. Not at all. You give. Oh, my Lord. You know, I know some people who would probably like to meet you. Take me Mr. President, no matter what people say about you, you have still got a great golf swing. God bless you. You do. You have a fantastic mustache. I bet Burt Reynolds and Tom Selleck look at you and get envious. I'm not kidding. Thank you. You're welcome. Hugh Newman, a man who is changing the world with free parking and free compliments. A very big new leaf. Your license is expired, sir. That is why you're great at what you do. You are so thorough. Really? You think so? Hugh, what is your secret? I just love to see people smile. It seems there is no one Hugh Newman cannot make smile. Next! This is my friend Jamie. You guys say hi, Jamie. And I wanted to interview Jamie this morning um, because if any of you know... Jamie, uh, she's like the real-life version of what you just saw. Has anybody ever been encouraged by Jamie? Okay. J Jamie is an encouragement machine. Uh, in fact, Jamie came early to service this morning. I was like, can you just come a little bit early so we can chat about 
um, you know, just kind of the questions, what we're going to talk about. And so we sit down, and, uh, and, I st and I start talking. So I was thinking, and then she interrupts me. She's like, whoa, did you get new glasses? I'm like, yeah. She's like, they look really good. And then I, I'm like, okay, thanks. And then... Right? Am I right, though? <laughs> and, then, and then I try and get back to, you know, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. And she's like, haircut? She's like, you're doing your hair different. Or she says something about my hair. I was like, no, it's the, I've had this hair for a little bit. She's like, well, I, just, I don't know. She's like, the whole thing. You know, just, it looks good, she said to me. So um, I don't know if she's lying, but I felt really, really good. Uh, uh, so, Jamie, thanks for joining me up here. Um, Jamie uh, just, she speaks courage into people all the time. And, and I know when we've chatted, she's shared different stories with me. Uh, about where she's done this, and um, she, not only does she do, does she do this here in this community in our church, but she does this wherever she goes. It's not just, uh, you know, usually when people first meet Jamie, they're like, is that, is like, she for real? Like, is that, is she, I was like, and long and is like, yep, that's Jamie through and through, no matter where she is. So, um, so I thought I would invite Jamie up here to share with us a story uh, about how she actually seeks to be an encourager, to speak courage into people, uh, not only here, but uh, in her workplace, where she's surrounded by people uh, that don't know Jesus, that have maybe never had the best called out of them. Uh, and she's kind of viewed that place as, as the opportunity to be uh, Jesus' voice uh, and speak some truth uh, and hope into their lives and encouragement to their lives. So, uh, Jamie, can you tell us uh, when you were with WestJet, um, a story about how you uh, did that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, um, in the past two years, I've worked with, as far as I know, three Christians on my crew in the last two years. So it's an amazing opportunity to be able to be Jesus to people. And um, I, after a little while, I was asking the Lord about strategies in the workplace because um, for me here, it's a very... Um, easy thing for me to encourage people. It's, it's still easy in the sense of, um, in, in some ways, but in the workplace, um, I just was asking the Lord for specific strategies because everything seemed to be different in the environment for me. So um, yeah, over a period of time, I was um, talking with the Lord and we developed kind of this strategy um, where whenever I would walk back with my crew at the end of um, at the end of our three or four days together, I would just say something like, hey guys, um, something I love to do at the end of working together with you is um, just tell um, my crew what I think is really awesome about them. So would that be okay if I did that with you guys? And they're like, what? And then usually I'll just go because if they can like think about it long enough, then they'll be like, whatever, that's weird. Um, and even yeah. just to interrupt you for a second, yeah. you, you, like often, how many times you've worked with the same people? Um, not very often. So you got, no. basically have this one flight and you have an encounter with them. Yeah, so it'll and, be, we'll be, we'll spend like three or four days together. Yeah. And so I'll be encouraging along the way yeah. um, in just little things that I see. But um, yeah, after I think it's just helpful, right? Days. It's not an ongoing relationship, but it's yeah, usually someone that you've true. met for the first time. You're yeah. interacting with them for the first time. Yeah, yeah. haven't built relationship <laughs> with them more than three or four days. No. So um, yeah, so I will, um, one example that came to mind is, um, I let's let's call him Bob. Um, I in the group, it's it feels a little bit safer, I think, for the crew rather to than to be like singled out. I was finding, 
Um, so like if the whole group is there and everyone's getting an encouragement from Jamie, then it's a little bit less weird. Um, so yeah, so one, one guy in particular, I just said, Bob, um, you, you have integrity and I've seen and observed the way that you've treated women. Um, and I'm, I'm really thankful to be able to be around you because I feel really safe when I'm around you. And um, there's a really special gift that you give to women because of the way that you treat us. So thank you, thank you for that. Um, lots of times I'll, I'll thank people and then I'll give like an, a specific example so that it's like, um, yeah, that's like a way that I like to tie it together, just really practically speaking. Um, and so he just, he just looked at me and he was like, really? No one's, ever, no one's ever said that to me before. And I just looked at him and I was like, Bob, you are a standout in this industry and it's, it's incredible what you bring to the table and you, you make more of an impact on the people around you than you realize. Um, and it, is, it astounds me how many times I give words to people and they say, no one's ever told me that before or you have no idea how timely that is. Um, I think another thing that I've been learning over, I guess, the period of my life is that actually like when we encourage someone, um, no matter how simple the word is, lots of times the Lord speaks timely with a simple word. And so if I ever am like, oh, that's simple or that's cliche, oh my gosh, I hate that word. I'm like, cliche, what do you mean? The love of God, how did that become cliche? Hmm. Um, it's like the most transformational thing in the entire universe. So like, wow, okay, if the Lord is, is asking me to share with someone, hey, by the way, like, has anyone told you today that the Lord loves you? Um, that could be so timely for that person that it's a complete game changer for them. So... Yeah, that's another thing. Um, maybe just really quickly, too. There's another girl who was expressing um, troubles with her boyfriend and things like that. And, and I just said, let's, let's call her Alicia. Um, I, just, I looked at her, and I was like, hey, Alicia, we've only been working together for a day. Um, but can I just say what I see in you? Sometimes I feel like we don't do that enough in this world. And I just love to say what I see. And she was like, huh. Uh, sure. So she's like breaking down because she's going to see this guy and maybe go to the hotel together, maybe not. And there's just drama. And I was like, hey, like you are worth so much. Your worth is, is so much more than what I feel like you feel right now about yourself. Um, and if this guy isn't able to treat you like gold, it's not in like a girl, you deserve more. Like it's not in like that sassy way, but it's like, actually, hey, you are worth so much. And if the guy that you're with isn't able to see that, he's not, he's not worth being with you. Like, he doesn't deserve you. Um, and even those words of, like, like, she's just, like, her eyes are tearing up, and she's like, I never cry. And I was like, hey, like, and I just encouraged her a little bit more. I was like, honestly, encourage her a bit more. And, yeah, like, she just, she said, um, she's like, hey, you're, you're really, you're something else. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Jamie, you are something else um, in a really, really good way. Uh, when we were chatting before service, you mentioned a kind of a theme verse uh, that has been a big, big for you and kind of how you approach this. You want to mind sharing that with us and why that means what it does to you? So Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Why don't we say that together? Death and life 
are in the power of the tongue. Are in the power of the tongue. So that means every time we speak, we speak either death or life. Every time we speak. We've been created in the image of God who spoke the earth into existence. In Romans 4, it talks about how um, God speaks things into existence that were not yet. I haven't got, quite got that right, but he speaks it into existence, um, though it was not or was not yet. So um, as image bearers of Christ, as people who are made in the image of God, in his image with that gift of death and life or in the power of the tongue, with him inside of us, whenever we speak, we speak death or life. So every single time we speak a word of encouragement to someone, we actually create life. Life is being created when we speak. Our words create worlds. So what are the worlds that we're creating around us? I honestly think that one of the biggest, um, I don't know, tactics of the enemy, um, not that we want to, I've heard, I've heard someone say, we only look at the enemy long enough to pull the trigger. And I think that's awesome. So we're not going to give him any, any credit. But one of the tactics I think that he uses is that um, it's this thing of significance where he loves it when we don't realize how significant what we're doing actually is. Preach. You're like preaching my sermon for me. I'm just, keep, keep going. I'm just, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. So that being said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. What's happening when we're encouraging people? What life is being created that wasn't already there? What life is coming into existence that was not there before we chose to speak it out? Um, what's just coming to my mind right now is I, um, I've worked with some incredible colleagues over the last two years, and I have had a small handful of um, pilots who um, were a little bit more of a challenge for me to quickly find amazing things about. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> um, one pilot in particular, bless him. Let's call him Joe because all Joes are awesome, so we know it couldn't be Joe. Um, so, Joe, I was just like, Lord Jesus, like, I need help. I can't, I can't find anything that I want to affirm in his behavior or an example or anything to, I'm sure I can find something to thank him for. So I like, I was just, as I was, um, as I was speaking life over the crew, um, I like, I left him to last and I was like, Jesus, you gotta help me out. <laughs> um, but it's amazing because when we ask the Lord to see how he sees, I'm not actually asking like, Lord, um, Lord, would you show me something that doesn't exist? That's not what I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, take the blinders off of my eyes so that I can see what actually exists. Because in the spirit, things are happening that I can't see with my eyes. So it's the truer truth. It's the real reality. I can't see it with my eyes, but it's there. So I'm like, I know it's there. Show me that gold that I can pull out of that person because... I'm not seeing a lot right now. And sure enough, um, I got to just speak about his family. And I was like, hey, you know what? And this is something that I didn't see because I didn't see him around his family or anything. But I, I felt to speak about his family and about him being a great dad. Which honestly, from my interactions with him, I love my dad. Thank you. <laughs> I would not want him to be my dad. Um, but I was just like, hey, this is who you are. You're a great dad. I know you're a great dad. Your kids are lucky to have you. The way that you will father them, the way that you'll bring them up, 
the way that, and I just spoke life because I said, life needs to be created here because there's a problem and I'm going to actually start to be a solution to that problem by creating life with the words that I choose to say right now. Wow. So, like I said, Jamie, you are, you're awesome, you're unique. Uh, many people that are listening to you are like, okay, of course, it's Jamie. Um, you know, when Jamie was in grade 10, she was, I was her youth pastor, she was doing this to me. She was like encouraging me, and I was like, isn't this supposed to be the other way around? Like, um, so for the rest of us, um, how, how would you, what would you recommend to us to help activate uh, our, ability, our ability to encourage and kind of step out there and, and live like this? Um, I think two things, two things come to my mind. Um, asking the Lord what he sees is, is the greatest, it's the, I think it's one of the greatest things we can ever do because we get to look at people with the eyes of Jesus and see how Jesus sees. Like I said, it's not saying, Lord, can you help me see something that's not able to be seen? It's like, actually, a revealing is the revealing of a truth that was already there. So he created someone. He created something in a certain special, unique, beautiful, powerful, amazing way. And if there's like like cloth or layers or blankets of things over the truth, it's like we actually get to ask him, hey, Lord, what, how do you see? And it's not, um, it's not just sometimes. It's all the time because it gets to be all the time. Um, it's not a chore. It's a, it's a delight. We get to delight in the Father and continually renew our mind with how he sees. So whether it's, and that applies to in so many different areas, right? But Lord, how do you see? How do you see the situation? It's such, um, <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a simple but powerful thing when you actually do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that tons of us are already doing that. But, Lord, how do you see? How do you see this person? Um, and then I would say, say what you see. If, so, if, it feels, um, if it feels a little bit out of the ordinary for you, that's okay. Um, but just start. Just do it. If you, um, some lines that I'm thinking just really practically... Um, hey, like I said before, um, sometimes I feel like in the world we don't always say what we see. Do you mind if I tell you what I see in you? Or do you mind if I just share something that I was thinking about when we were talking earlier? Or um, here's one of my favorite ones. Are you ready? You know what? This is blah, blah, blah. This is what I see in you. Um, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if in the future you found yourself in this kind of a scenario with a loving family because of the way that you've fathered so well with kids who prosper and kids who are wise and make excellent choices because of the way that you've brought them up. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future, blank, um, the Lord gave me that key for work um, as I was speaking about the future with my colleagues in a way that was um, pretty, pretty chill, I guess. Um, but yeah, ask the Lord what he sees. And, and I would say like, that knowledge of what he sees is the truest truth, that's got to be, that's got to be what we know, you know? Like, Lord, 
help me to move from a place of trying to convince myself of this truth where this is the core truth in the core of my being that cannot be shaken no matter what. Beauty. Jamie, would you pray for us? Yeah, Lord, thank you that the things that we do, the things that we say, thank you that you've made it powerful what we're able to do as we become more like you and as we share you with the world, the people around us, our colleagues, our friends, our families. Thank you that whenever we pray, something happens. Thank you that our words are never wasted. Thank you that your promises are true. Yeah, and God, we just, we ask for revelation right now for all of us, that you would just come, that you would take blinders off of our eyes and that we would be able to see clearly. God, we pray for clarity over our minds and hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Would you come with the power of your love, God? Thank you that you are never, you never operate in love without power or power without love. It's always love and power. And so, God, we just thank you for moving us from a place where our words are Um, are just nice, quote-unquote, to a place of love and power, where lives are transformed, where generations and generations to come are transformed because of the words that we say. God, we thank you for speaking and highlighting to us things about people that that you want to say to them, whether it's simple and timely or a little bit longer of an encouragement. Yeah, God, we just, we pray that you would empower the people around us like never before. And God, that the, any feeling of a lack of significance would just fade away and not um, hold us back from speaking truth, from declaring, from sharing the power of your words and your heart with people. And Lord, we pray for opportunities in Jesus' name. Um, thanks for bringing people to our minds. And as we go about this week and this month and this year, God, would you show up in powerful, powerful ways because of who you're highlighting and how you're highlighting them. Show us how to say what we see. And show us how you see Jesus. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen. Let's give Jamie a hand. Thank you, Jamie. So before I continue, um, I swear that I did not copy Jamie's notes, uh, uh, but I do just want to reiterate a couple of things that, that Jamie mentioned. Uh, in John 14, 16 to 18, uh, we read this, uh, and I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. This, uh, this word for advocate is the word parakletos. I know it's a lot of Greek for one morning, uh, but just, I just want you to see something though. You, you notice any similarities with this and the word encouragement? Okay, so we have a, it's a compound word, you got para, which means with or to come alongside of, and kletos, to be called and invited. It's actually like the noun form of the verb encourage, that the Holy Spirit is an advocate 
the one, sorry, go back a slide. The one who is called to someone's aid. And the next slide. So advocate, the parakletos, which is the noun, and encourage the parakaleo. And so what Jamie was describing is how she parakaleos, how, how she encourages, how she comes alongside, how she instills courage into somebody. And as, as Jesus said in John 14, uh, that you're going to have an advocate, the one who's going to come alongside you, and he's going to be in you. And then you get to partner with him in parakaleoing, uh, in encouraging and speaking courage into others. Let's look at one example, which I, I just think is a, it shows a great, it just articulates this very well because it shows the contrast. Uh, in Matthew 16, 13, uh, we have this story, which you're probably familiar with. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of, uh, or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So we see here that Jesus articulates that Peter has actually not seen Jesus with human eyes, but has, has seen Jesus through the eyes of heaven, that you're the Messiah. Peter actually calls out the destiny of Jesus. And then what does Jesus do? Do you see it? He calls out the destiny of Peter, that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. They're parakaleoing uh, one another. Really, really neat moment in Scripture. And right away, the next story, we have this in verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many th terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap or stumbling block to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. I knew this girl in high school. When she graduated, she, you know, she graduated with dis distinction, magna cum laude or whatever that is. Uh, and she comes and gets her uh, graduation certificate, goes to walk off the stage, and falls down the set of stairs off the stage. I view this as kind of like that moment. Jesus, you're the... Or, Peter, you're the rock in which I'm going to build my church. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, with distinction. And then, boom, next second, tumbles down the stairs. And we can see the, the contrast here that in one moment, Peter is partnering with, uh, with the Holy Spirit's revelation, the whole, what the Holy Spirit has shown Peter about Jesus. And in the, in the next moment, he's partnering with Satan, and speaking from a human point of view, not from a heavenly point of view. First instance, Peter looks with heavenly eyes, not with human eyes. And the second one, he looks with human eyes. And it's interesting that in the first one, uh, if 
you can see the contrast because Jesus calls Peter the rock. And then the second one, he says that Peter is the stumbling block or the stone which people will stumble over. And as Jamie was saying, we have, we have the opportunity to be rock-like for people or to be a stumbling block for people. We have the opportunity to encourage or to join with Satan, who in the Greek means accuser, or we could say discourager. We have the opportunity to encourage or discourage, to put courage into or take courage out of, to be a rock or to be a stumbling rock or a stumbling block. And so it's all in how you see and it's all in how you choose to partner either with the enemy or with, uh, or with Jesus. You know, I try and keep this in mind when I'm, I'm parenting and I don't do this perfectly, but, um, you know, I've shared stories about my youngest son often uh, and uh, he's a bit of a fireball and he gets into a little bit of conflict with his teacher sometimes. Uh, and I shared one of those stories last year uh, and the, the teacher you know, in the parent-teacher interviews, he was revealing, you know, some of the events of that day uh, to us, and uh, where Sai had, you know, ripped up the paper and kind of stood in defiance towards the teacher. Um, and in my more finer moments of parenting, and like I said, I don't do this all the time, uh, often what we see when we look at the negative in somebody, we actually see the shadow side of something that is God-given. Uh, that every person has the image of God, as Jamie mentioned, the Imago Dei, the image of God in them. And our role as followers of Jesus, who are parents, friends, siblings, co-workers, is to actually pull out that gold in them. Uh, and this led to a conversation with Silas where I, where I tried to articulate to him uh, that you are, and this is with his brothers around, we're talking about, you know, God gives us all gifts, and I said to Silas, you're a leader. And I said, in fact, you have the ability to stand up to people, and that's really, really awesome. And so I was like, hmm. And then he kind of let that go to his head, told his brothers, I'm a leader. My dad thinks I'm a leader. Um, and I said, but you have a choice. You have a choice in how you exercise that leadership. I was like, you can, you can lead people really well, or you can lead people in a bad way. You can stand up to things that are important to stand up to, or you can stand up to things that you really shouldn't be standing up to, but it's all in how you choose to act. And Satan will convince us that we are what we've done, or we are what we do, but Jesus reveals that we are what he's done, that because of what Jesus has done, he's redeemed any rough parts of our lives. That he actually calls us to a higher standard of living, one that represents him. And then he calls us to call that out of other people. Because of the cross, we can see God's hand in every situation, no matter how ugly it looks on the outside. You know, for people that are just looking at the cross, they might see, you know, a man who's being crucified like a criminal. But for those who have faith to see, we actually see God doing an act of forgiveness to all of humanity. With heavenly eyes, we see the God of creation extending forgiveness. Faith is choosing which eyes we're going to look with. Do we partner with the Holy Spirit? Or do we partner with Satan, the enemy, the accuser? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
the beginning I chatted about David. There was moments in David's life where he didn't have anybody in his rabbit room, where he didn't have a Samuel, where he didn't have a Jonathan, where he didn't have money men. In fact, there's a story where David was extremely discouraged because the guys he was relying on to for encouragement were actually discouraging him. They were taking courage out of him. And in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6b, it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And this is what I want to encourage you with this morning, is not to wait for encouragement. Don't wait for encouragement to encourage. David found encouragement in the Lord, and then he gave it away. The ultimate encourager is the Holy Spirit, our advocate. And in fact, I think you'll find that when you start to step out and actively encourage other people, that encouragement will follow you. And I have a dream that Sun West would be a dream factory. It would be a rabbit room. It would be a place where people realize their purpose and find the courage to pursue it. And I think encouragement creates the atmosphere for courage to blossom. I'm going to invite the band to stage. I want you to close your eyes for a minute and think of the folks that you encounter every day at your workplace, at the Starbucks, at the gas station, in your home. And I pray that God would help you to see those people with heavenly eyes and that he would give you the courage to pull out the gold in them. That instead of looking for people to mess up like the world does, instead of looking to accuse or defend, that we would actually be looking to catch people doing good. That you would go out of your way to catch people doing good. And then if you can't find anything that they're doing good, that the Lord would give you a heavenly perspective to call out the good in them that is lying dormant. Don't wait to be encouraged to encourage. I'm going to invite you to stand with us. Dan's going to lead us in a song, and then, I, and then we're going to put this into practice. Okay? So, f- Jesus, we thank you that you have sent an advocate. We thank you that you have sent the Holy Spirit to encourage us, to come alongside of us, to pull out the gold in us. And Lord, I pray that we would create environments of courage through our encouragement wherever we go. Lord, that we would choose not to partner with the enemy and focus on the negative. Lord, there's so much negative in this world we could focus on, but you're calling us to focus on the golden people. Lord, that you would allow us to see your image in them. You would allow us to see the purpose for which people were created for. And that you would help us to step out of our comfort zones and to speak life, to speak truth, and to speak courage into those around us. In Jesus' name. How many of you guys like being encouraged?
Anybody out there? All right. We are going to give you the opportunity to be encouraged this morning. And I'm going to invite our prayer team forward. Uh, so if you're on our Sunday morning prayer ministry, I'm going to invite you to come down to the front. Uh, and this is what we're going to do. Um, in 1 Corinthians 14, 3 to 4, it says, The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in the tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And what Paul is saying here, and he goes on to say, I wish that all of you guys would prophesy. And sometimes we get really freaked out by this word prophecy. And in the simplest form, can I tell you that prophecy is just partnering with the paraclete to bring parakaleo. It's simply partnering with our advocate to advocate and speak courage into other people. And it's not actually rocket science like Jamie just talked about. It's actually just speaking life into people. Uh, and, uh, and so what we're going to invite you to do this morning is take a step of courage to be encouraged. I know I shouldn't have to convince people to be encouraged, but I think, I think it'd be really great even if we just had lineups of people. And I'm going to invite our prayer team. Uh, I mean, you're... This morning, I don't even want to ask for, I don't even want you to ask for, uh, you know, what can I pray for? I just want you to pray blessing and encouragement. Ask God, what do you want to say to this person and pray that over them? Is that okay? Um, sorry, they didn't know this was coming. So I'm putting them on the, I'm putting them on the spot right now. Uh, and, uh, and I think it, it could be really great, really neat. Uh, and this is, I think, part of what it means to build a culture of courage is that we would go out of our way uh, to speak life and courage into one another and we would take risks to put ourselves in places where life would be spoken into us. Um, and if you're like, I don't need, if you, if you feel like you don't need encouragement this morning, then maybe encourage our prayer team by coming for prayer. Amen? Because they could use some encouragement too. So you come down to the front, honestly, 30 seconds, they're going to bless you. And then you're going to be on your way, and uh, I'd love to see uh, just people take advantage of this. So uh, even right now, while the band's playing, while I'm praying, I invite you to come on your seats, come to the front. Our prayer team would like to bless you, encourage you, speak courage into you. So Father, we, uh, we thank you that even what is happening now is not something just for a select few on a prayer team, but it's, it's what you've invited all of us to as followers of Jesus, as people whom you've given your Holy Spirit to, the advocate to, that we get to partner with you and speak the life from a heavenly perspective into those around us. Lord, I pray that those who would need life and would need some heavenly perspective this morning, Lord, that they would receive that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.